0: Welcome to our Wednesday night teaching podcast, brought to you by Grace Point Community Church in Decula, Georgia. For more about our church, please visit yourgracepoint.com. That's yourgracepoint.com. And now, this week's teaching. right, Psalm 46, talking about safety in God. And you're going to see, I I worded it that way, that if you have... Your Bible with you and it has one of those little section headings. It probably says the Lord is our fortress or God is our fortress or something to that effect. But really what? God is our refuge. Um, and you know, but that's the point is that we, we can hide in him. We can run to him. We can be safe in him and he will protect us. He'll protect us from harm, protect us from fear, protect us from danger, all these sorts of things. And so really it's, it's about safety. And feeling safe, being safe. And so keep those things in mind as we read through this. And um, I just want to point out, we're going to look at a couple of things. You remember this is uh, one of the Psalms of the sons of Korah. Do you remember who Korah was? Korah was one of the people that rebelled against Moses and challenged him in the wilderness. And so Moses said, sure. If you guys want to see who who God favors to be the priests, we can do that. And him and Aaron were on one side, and Korah and all of his company were on the other. And he said, you know, basically, whoever God accepts is it. And the ground opened up underneath. We assume something to the effect of an earthquake and swallowed Korah and all of the people in his rebellion alive uh, down into the grave. And so pretty traumatic thing. And, but there were some of the sons of Korah, some of his descendants, that didn't perish in the rebellion. I don't know if they just weren't a part of it, or if for some reason God was just merciful towards them, and they weren't there at the time, and so God spared them. But this is one of the psalms of the descendants of Korah. And so when you see certain things in this psalm, it really makes sense why they would say some of the things that they did. But if you would, let's go ahead and start in verse 1, and we're going to read through this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Think about that. If that was your heritage, what happened with Korah and his rebellion, and that was your family line, but you can say, I will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble, The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. You know, when you think about God and that He's our refuge, He's our fortress, He's everything for us to run to and to be safe in. It's really interesting some of the things that they, they point out here in this Psalm about what God has done, what what God does, the way He, you know, He oversees the nations. He makes kingdoms rise and fall. You know, we think people like Alexander the Great were amazing, Julius Caesar, Genghis Khan, people who who conquered vast portions of the world in these empires. It was only because God allowed that. He is ultimately the one behind the scenes, making things happen, allowing things to go, letting his will be accomplished. And those things build our trust in God. When we look at the things that he does, Again, just looking back through some of that, God utters his voice and the earth melts. He brings desolations, but he also makes wars cease. He breaks the bow, he shatters the spear. God is the one who does those things. He accomplishes all of it. And so because he is the king over all of his creation and what he says goes, we can put complete trust in him. We can truly feel safe when we run to him. And so the first thing I want us to take away from this is number one, that we need to go to God for safety. We have to go to him because he's the refuge. He's the fortress. When it says the God of Jacob is with us, he is our fortress. You know, when you think of what a fortress is, a fortress is an enclosure that you can go inside of and be safe from whatever is outside of it. But there's something interesting also in the psalm that it doesn't just say that they were in him or wanted to be in him. It also says that he is in us. In verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. Okay, he's not just calling us into him. Verse five also, God is in the midst of her. Where is he in the midst of? His holy habitation. It said, there's a a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Well, what is the habitation of God now? We are. As his people. God is in the midst of us. So there's this amazing picture where we are in him, and he is in us. And even in the New Testament, you see the same language with Paul speaking of Christ in you and you being in Christ, rooted and established in him. And that's the picture we need to understand is that that's, that's God's intentions for people. That was God's purpose for humanity to be His, to be in him and to him to be in us. In him, we're safe. But i got to ask two questions, and I want us to kind of talk through this a little bit. What does it mean to be safe? What does that mean? Okay, protected from harm. No fear. There's nothing to fear because you're safe. Yeah, and when we're safe, there's no fear of hardships, no fear of bad circumstances, no fear of anything to harm you. What's that? Yes, because you know it's going to be okay. Even if it doesn't turn out the way we think, you still know that I'm, I'm safe. So our end is already determined. Our victory is secure. That if we're in Christ and Christ is in us, we're good. Yeah, the end is guaranteed. Now, that doesn't mean, again, we won't face hardships. We won't face physical persecution. It doesn't mean we won't be martyred for our faith. But dying faithful leads to the the most amazing reward. And so even there, we're safe. We can be safe in dying. We can be safe in suffering. And that may even be physical suffering. You know, there are believers who go through terrible tragedies and endure amazing hardships physically. But often they will tell you how, how incredible their intimacy with God is in the midst of their struggles and in the midst of their hardship. But I want to separate what it means to be safe from this next question. What does it mean to feel safe? Yeah, to be restful. To have peace. I think that's where maybe we're, Rob, where you're talking about confidence. What else? What? Yeah, sleep. And that's something we've seen in several of these Psalms. You know, David is worked up with all these situations going on. And he says, I lay down and slept, and I woke again. When you feel safe in Christ, you, you can go to sleep. I mean, those are the things. And I, I wanted to draw attention to that because I think it's significant. Because you can be safe and not feel safe. You know, you can be as secure as possible and still not feel OK. Think about a roller coaster. You ever been on a roller coaster? You are safe. Those things lock you in, you're clamped down, you can barely even move to breathe. But yet there's still those that adrenaline rush, that you know, that high that comes with it, the, the thrill because of the fear, how fast you're going, whipping around these corners. But there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, you're you're safe in there. And that's just a very, very crude analogy compared to the reality of our safety in God. He is truly in control. Sovereign over everything I mean you look at the picture we see with job in his life Satan basically had to ask for permission for everything that he wanted to do God had to say, okay, I'll let you do that and i'm watching over him That that's the kind of care that he exercises over us So we have to know that we are safe But we also have to feel safe And sometimes we don't sometimes we don't feel safe And that's where we need to go to God and remind ourselves like the sons of Korah did, you know, I'm not going to be afraid when this and that and the other happen because I know what God has done. I've seen what he's done before. I know how he takes care of us. I know that he's in control. And we have to just keep reminding ourselves of those things. But that leads to some questions. If we have to go to God for safety, how do we go to God? So number two, we have to know how to go to God. We have to know what that is. And that's where I think we struggle sometimes as believers to give substance to our words. We, we throw things out like make, go make disciples, but we don't often explain very well what that really means. You know, we say, well, just trust in the Lord. Okay, what does it mean to trust in the Lord? It, it's not as simple as, well, I trust this stage to not fall so I can sit on it. Well, that was simple. So when I'm in a terrible circumstance, how do I trust God? You know, that's a little different. So what does it mean to go to God in safety? How do we go to God? Prayer is one means, a crucial means. Yeah, get in the word. Because he's speaking. If we want to hear from God, his Holy Spirit has inspired every word of that thing. He's speaking through it. Yes, approach scripture and prayer with confidence. And then, what did you say, Gail? Yeah, go in faith, believing that God's going to speak to me as I need to hear his voice. So prayer and and intake of scripture are two means. What What are some other means of going to God, of communing with him, of engaging him? Yes, worshiping. Singing God's praises is a means of communing with him, of going to him. Yes, focusing your mind on him. Meditating. Huge. And just for clarification, I always feel like it's important to make this distinction in our culture. Eastern meditation is about emptying your mind. Biblical meditation is focusing your mind. We we are never told to empty our minds and clear our thoughts. We're told to focus our thoughts and be intentional about what we're thinking about. And that's where we we focus our thoughts on God. We focus our thoughts on a particular scripture. uh, Those sorts of things. There's another one that's in the text. It's a very well-known verse, but it points to a a very powerful means of going to God. Be still. And know that I am God. Silence. Silence and solitude, which are distinguishable. But they are some of the most neglected and underappreciated, undervalued, underrated disciplines of the Christian life. But they're right there in Scripture, be still. How much more, given our culture and the busyness of it, and the the over-constant overstimulation of everything, do we just need to be still and know that he is God. These are all wonderful ways that we can learn to go to God. And we have to learn that. And we have to believe it. We have to truly believe that these are means of communing with God, of engaging in an interactive relationship with Jesus through these means. They're not just rituals that we do. They're not just habits to have because they're good. They are actual means of engaging in your relationship with God. We have to know that. Essentially, it's just following Jesus and living his kind of life. Read through the Gospels and do the things you see Jesus do. And I don't mean the things like go heal the sick and raise the dead. But he, he woke up in the morning and he got away from the crowd and he went alone to be with the Father. He worshipped. He prayed. He knew the scriptures, which means he spent time with them. He engaged in, in the synagogue and their forms of worship that were, were a part of his culture. He loved people. He was generous. He did meet people's needs. Those are all ways that we can be more like him and go to him. So we have to go to him for safety. We have to know how to do that. And then thirdly, and this is maybe kind of a little obvious, but I think it needs to be stated, go to God as a way of life. You know, we actually have to do it. You have to remember the, the, the steps to plan, and you plan, 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 follow the plan. You know, it doesn't do us any good to talk about these different strategies and things for life and godliness and means of going to God and then not do them. So whenever we run into those situations or circumstances that we feel anxious or afraid or unsettled or insecure or or whatever we need to go to God for, for that safety and security and peace of mind that his presence brings, we have to know how to do that and then we actually have to go and do it. And that involves a certain amount of intentionality. We have to be purposeful that I'm going to do this. You know. And, and that's where we, we often hear people make comments to the effect of, oh, well, I tried that and it didn't work. Well, I doubt it. You know, I doubt that you actually tried what God was saying to do. You may have done something, but to actually do the fullness of it just probably wasn't it. You know, things like where it says, you know, to hide God's word in your heart that you might not sin against him. And we learn a a couple verses here and there. And we say, well, yeah, I've put God's word in my heart. Probably not. You know some of it, but that doesn't mean you've actually pushed it deep into your heart through intentional repetition and meditation and memorization and continuous thought and wrestling with this and working through this for an extended period of time to actually push it down deep into your heart. There's a difference. We have to do that intentionally. And then we have to practice it. You know, practice is is actually a word that Jesus used to talk about acts of righteousness or things we would refer to as disciplines. In Matthew 6, he says, beware of practicing your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Then he goes on to talk about prayer and fasting and giving and But those are things Jesus referred to as practicing righteousness Because the things that we practice are the things that we will do You know, even in hebrews it talked about having your powers of discernment trained through constant practice To distinguish between good and evil We have to intentionally do this thing over and over and over again until one day you realize I didn't even have to do that on purpose. It just happened Somebody cut me off and I just blessed them in the name of the Lord. Somebody pushed me out of line or cut in front of me and I just said, you know, God, maybe they're in a bigger hurry today than I am and was thankful for the opportunity to bless them. Those things can happen and they can happen naturally. But the same, when the moment we feel anxious or afraid or, or whatever, that we feel like we need to run to God for safety, once we've practiced these things intentionally long enough that becomes our first instinct our second nature so to speak our new default response are these means of going to god so be intentional about it practice it and then practice it until it becomes habit on its own and that's the goal and i'm sure every one of us has experienced that in some means or another whether you've learned to play an instrument even driving a car You ever remember the first time you drove a car and you're, you know, hitting the brakes and slamming on it, and then you hit the gas and rev up the engine and try to turn, and the the turns are all wonky. You know, you're you're you know everybody in the car is swaying back and forth. You're trying to make it around the corner, but then you don't even think about those things. Now, now you eat your Big Mac and text somebody back on the phone while you're driving with your knee and adjusting the radio and waving at the officer, and you know we do all that without even thinking about it. Because we've done it so much, it's just habit. It's so natural to feel the curve, to feel all those things. And and actions of righteousness can be the same way. Running to God first through real means of communing with him can be our default response. So be encouraged as you read back through Psalm 46, maybe tonight or, or the rest of this week, um, just be encouraged that God is our refuge. He is our fortress. He is our safety. And anytime we feel out of, out of sorts with that, just lean in closer to him and know that you're safe. Even if you don't feel it, know that you are and keep pressing in until you do. Thanks for listening to our Wednesday night teaching podcast brought to you by Grace Point Community Church in Decula, Georgia. For more about our church, please visit yourgracepoint.com. That's yourgracepoint.com. Until next time, God bless you.